On August 2, 1934 President Paul von Hindenburg of Germany died, allowing Adolf Hitler to seize all power in the country. Paul von Hindenburg was born in 1847 to a minor Prussian noble family. The sons of these families were destined for a life of military service, and von Hindenburg was no exception. He fought in several wars, and by World War I was an important member of the general staff. After initial disasters on the Russian front, von Hindenburg was placed in command, winning one spectacular victory after another, until he finally forced the Russians to surrender, ending the Russian Empire forever. Von Hindenburg became a national hero during the war, with the public looking to him as their savior. As Kaiser Wilhelm II withdrew more and more from running the country, General von Hindenburg became virtual dictator of Germany. He organized the massive Kaiser battle on the Western Front, spring 1918, driving back the Allies and capturing more territory than the entire previous three years. However, Germany had launched its last offensive, and the hundreds of thousands of dead could not be replaced. The Allies' counteroffensive would win the war and cause Germany to surrender. Paul von Hindenburg loved the Kaiser, the army, and Germany, in that order. He was an ultra-conservative Prussian. He hated social democrats, communists, and democracy in general. As a side note, my mother's family was also a Prussian military one. The political chaos in Germany after the war led to him becoming president, as he was still a beloved figure. As time passed, the German people forgot about the crushing defeats, famine, and plague that World War I brought to Germany, all they believed was that Germany had almost won, and von Hindenburg had almost won it for them. Von Hindenburg agreed to take the position, but his ultimate aim was to return the Kaiser to power, either in absolute form or a constitutional monarchy, which would ultimately become absolute. In most democracies, there is a head of state and a head of government, dividing power. The United States is a rare exception to this. An example that many people might know is Great Britain. The Prime Minister is head of government while Queen Elizabeth II is head of state. In Germany, the head of government is the Chancellor, and the head of state is the President. The elections of 1932 were inconclusive, and were held over and over. It was up to Hindenburg to pick a new Chancellor and stop the indecision. President von Hindenburg looked down on Adolf Hitler as an unstart, partly because von Hindenburg was a Prussian snob, but he liked his right-wing ideas. Pressured by a group of advisors, including his own son, Oscar, von Hindenburg made Hitler Chancellor on January 30, 1933. However, only a few Nazis were allowed in the cabinet initially. Under Hitler's guidance von Hindenburg signed the Reichstag Fire Decree in February 1933, almost eliminating all civil liberties. He stood by while the Nazis passed the Enabling Act, set up concentration camps, and by the summer banned all political parties but their own. Hitler was always careful to show deference to President von Hindenburg, because the people loved him, and the military would do whatever he asked. Von Hindenburg complained about the excesses of the Nazi stormtroopers, and at the end of June 1934 Hitler launched the Night of the Long Knives, murdering the leadership of the SA and all left-wing members of the Nazi party. Now, only von Hindenburg stood in Hitler's way. By this point, von Hindenburg was 86 years old, and a lonely widower for the last 13 years. He would have liked to simply retire. Hitler and his leadership secretly created a law merging the powers of president and chancellor. When von Hindenburg died on August 2, 1934, two hours later it was announced that Hitler now held all the power. Officially, von Hindenburg was a sort of president forever, 
with the reasoning that no one could ever truly replace him. Just before his last breath, von Hindenburg sent Hitler a note asking his to return Kaiser Wilhelm II to his throne. Hitler published the letter, but did nothing. During World War II, the Nazis did pretend to consider giving the Kaiser a position, but this was to gain the support of German monarchists who dominated the military. By the way, 30 years to the day von Hindenburg died I was born. A referendum was held August 19, 1934 for the people to formally approve Hitler and his new powers. The elections would have made conservative politicians of 2021 green with envy, and it has been much copied as you shall see. Stormtroopers, now under control of the SS, manned most of the polling places, watching how people voted. More stormtroopers marched groups of people to the polls, forcing them to vote for Hitler. In some locations, signs were hung up, stating that only traitors would come to this polling place to vote while in others the polling places were shut down beforehand. Pre-marked yes ballots were handed to voters, all damaged or unreadable ballots were automatically listed as a yes, and many no votes were simply counted as yes. The corruption was so extensive, in many districts the number of yes votes exceeded the number of voters. In other areas, however, the Nazis were careful to not interfere with the voting. This was done in locations where the Nazis' enemies, such as the Jews, were heavily concentrated. They wanted them to vote no. This was used later as a premise to crack down on these areas, with more arrests and people sent to concentration camps. The lessons of history are clear, if only one takes the time to see them. The death of President von Hindenburg and the subsequent referendum should be screaming to the world of 2021, as democracies around the world struggle against fascism and autocracy. The choices made today are copies of their counterparts of the 1920s and 1930s. If democracy dies, it will be our fault, as we already had seen the process occur before, but did nothing.